Hello and welcome to the Daily Booktopian for Thursday, May 14th. I'm Mark Harding, Content and Brand Manager for Booktopia, and this is a podcast about reading in the time of isolation and social distancing. Joining me today are social media specialist Nick Vasiliev. Hello, Nick. Hey, Mark. And senior content producer and editor of the Booktopian blog, Liv Frito. Hi, Liv. Hi, Mark. Uh, so let's get right into it. Uh, Liv, what have you brought for us today? Okay, so over the last week, I've picked up and started about four different novels. Um, did not get very far with many of them. I was just having a weird week. Um, but I also realised that next week I have book club. And in classic Liv fashion, I haven't started the book yet. So I figured I would start reading that and actually commit to that. I don't know. I was in a really weird mood with reading because um, I'm still struggling with Tristram Shandy. I'm really not enjoying it. Really? But really? I, yeah. I'm surprised. I'm sorry, Nick. I, I want to do the class on it and see, like, because obviously it's a classic for a reason. So the problem is me, obviously. Um, so I just want to get that scholarly perspective on it before I completely write it off. But it's been, like, messing me up with picking other books to read. Um, but like I said, I've gone for my book club pick, which is The Giver of Stars by Jojo Moyes. Um, I have read Me Before You by Jojo Moyes. I did not like that book. I have a lot of issues with it. Um, So I wasn't so excited for this book, um, but I'm really enjoying it. Uh, The Giver of Stars is about the uh, women who lived in, oh God, is it Kentucky? Um, So there was in the, in the late 1930s in um, Kentucky, America, there were a couple of women who would ride around and delivering books to people in remote communities. Um, it was kind of like a library system, and it was uh, based on an, an enterprise started by the First Lady. But basically, it was an initiative of Eleanor Roosevelt to um, encourage people to read more and start rural libraries. And this book follows one woman called... Um, Alice Van Cleve, who's just gotten married to a wealthy, this wealthy American man, um, but she's miserable. She's got no purpose. She's just, everyone treats her funny um, and very judgmental. So she decides to sign up and become a librarian who goes around on horseback delivering books to people. Um, I'm not very far into it, but I'm really enjoying it. It's um, historical fiction seems to be a strong point for Jojo. Um, it's just, it's very detailed and you really feel like you're, in the landscape and the way she talks about books like I often cringe when people get super like oh, books are magical in like these kind of bookish books um but this one's really measured and good and it's really getting into that mindset that people had back then about like you know oh what use are books like I'm literally living out here on a rural rugged mountaintop like what good is the great is great expectations gonna have to do for me um you know so it's really getting into the politics of the time and also I guess the safety issues for women riding around um, delivering books to people in the wild. Um, I'm really enjoying it. So good job, Jojo. That's great, Liv. Um, I haven't read her before, but I do have a copy of Me Before You on my bookshelf. Uh, but it's it's my husband's, not mine. But, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I feel that's... bad if she ever listens to this, like for ragging on Me Before You. But look, so many people do love that book. I'm an outlier here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, how can we trust the opinion of anyone who's not enjoying Tristan Shandy? <laughs> hey. <laughs> I would like to see you try and read this, Mark. 
Yes, look, it it's is, 600 it is. pages of distraction. What are you yes. talking about me with? Y- yes, it's like, nothing no, that no. I want to have recorded. <laughs> <laughs> look, it is. It looks. I'll, I'll admit to you, Tristram Shandy it is difficult. But in in lives in lives defense, Mark, I actually side with her uh, on me before you. I'm not a fan of that book either. Oh, okay. Let's let's Sorry, JoJo. Before, before we upset JoJo. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, Nick, what have you been reading? Um. So. In kind of a similar fashion, I've also been turning to uh, a book that has been a bit more, uh, is kind of more historically uh, driven. Um, so a book was recommended to me by uh, my partner's mother about a couple of months back. And she bought me uh, this copy because she's a she runs a library uh, uh, in Port Stephens. And she recommended a book uh, called The Quiet American. Uh, by Graham Greene. <gasps> I uh, love that book. And it's no, I hadn't actually. I, I this is kind of again my kind of first experience diving into this author, and it's basically uh, it, it, just, uh, it takes place in Indo. For those of you who aren't familiar with it, uh, it takes place in Indochina. Um, and this bloke comes a, a guy called Pyle, who's an idealistic kind of young American who kind of is trying to promote democracy through this very mysterious quote-unquote thing called third force. Um, but he's incredibly optimistic and he starts to ca- cause more kind of harm than good, but he has a friend called Fowler who is kind of a foreign correspondent and he is a very kind of quiet, outgoing... He's not, he's not a very outgoing person. He's a very quiet person, but as all of this stuff starts to happen, he kind of finds it increasingly difficult to stand aside and just watch what's occurring. He can't just be, I guess, kind of like a, the, the foreign correspondent, do that role that he does. He can't just sit there and watch. It's a fascinating book. It go, delves into a lot of really interesting topics um, that, you know, are can be pretty, like they can be pretty confronting at times, but it's a very, very fascinating read. Very interesting. And Liv, I'll throw this to you because I, I can see that you are absolutely chopping at the bit <laughs> that too. Oh, I just, I think it's such a remarkable book. And like, yes, I kind of have my issues with regards to its portrayal of women and also like Asian women, but um, it's such an interesting perspective on America's foreign policy of the time, you know, mm-hmm. yes. and how they see themselves, saw themselves yes. as these like, benevolent people coming in and setting those poor little third world countries right but in when in reality they could do so much damage and it's just I'd never read anything quite like it um and he writes so well Mm, it's a pot like so when I was at university I did a lot of uh, uh, analysis of politics and particularly of how to administer things like aid and how if you often take a very westernized approach to aid and also to introducing things into places that you know are very different um it often doesn't work out well and causes more harm than good so it's fascinating just how that is kind of really presented uh to us um in this book just really kind of getting into the the actual secrecy of you think that that democracy because democracy worked well in america it'll automatically of course it'll work here everything will work here it'll work exactly the same way all the context and not stopping to think about the fact that the context is very different the people are very different the culture is very different 
it's mm. such a, a fascinating insight into political discussions and all sorts of stuff like that. It's a really interesting book. Thanks so much, Dick. That's, uh, that's a great, that's a great uh, raid for that book. I've, I've personally not read it either. So, uh, yeah. What's been bringing you guys joy in isolation this week? Literally just binge watching Broad City. I've moved on from Broad Church to Broad City. Mm. All the Broad shows. <laughs> all the Broads. All the Broads. Uh, no, I love that show. And I ha- um, it finished recently and I haven't seen the last two seasons. Um, but my flatmate was like, I've never seen Broad City. Can we put it on? And we're having a ball. It's great. <laughs> I've, I've never seen it. And I only <sighs> by name. Could you give me a little elevator pitch for it? Uh, basically, it's um, it started as a web series written by... Oh God, what's her name? I, they have the same name in the show as they do in, as the actresses in real life. So it's Abby Jacobson and Alana. I'm just trying to Alana Glazer. Um, and it's basically about two uh, young Jewish women living in New York City in the 21st century. It's a comedy. It's completely wild. Um, they basically smoke a lot of weed and get up to completely ridiculous, ridiculous mischief. Um, but it's so refreshing and to see and it's hilarious um i love abby jacobson and alana glazer they're so funny um yeah we're really enjoying it um when i went to new york city this is the cheesiest thing in the world um me and my uh, me and my little sister my little sister has alana's big wild curly hair um so we always kind of joke that we're abby and alana like so many (laughs) girls in the world probably do um but i actually bought us matching enamel pins with Abby and Alana's head. She is Alana's, I have Abby's. So it's great to dive back into that uh-huh. um, series. It's fun, Mark. You should try it. Okay, yeah, I, I think I will. Uh, what about you, Nick? What's been bringing you to it? So I've been uh, two. I've been doing kind of two things that have, have I've been enjoying in the last uh, week or so. The first is. At the moment on online, there's a whole bunch of uh, kind of challenges that you have to do over a certain period of time, um, and I've been challenged by two separate that's friends that's of mine. Just, that, those are just the things that I ask you to do for work, Nick. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah. It, it, the for those listening, uh, Mark sent me a fascinating TikTok yesterday, uh, detailing all sorts of. I think it was a a, a, blo- a, a bloke who was talking about drama but he did it in the in the in the language of was it Jane Austen? Yeah, it yes, was like it was <laughs> and I didn't I didn't know what perfection looked like. Um but this was the closest thing to it that I have seen in my entire life. Um but the challenges that I've been doing one is to basically name 10 records over the course of 10 days that have influenced your taste in music. Um, just, I think that one's just kind of a bit of fun, but another one, which another friend has challenged me on and I am going to do it is the, uh, doing 25 push-ups a day for, to raise uh, awareness around mental health. And it's, it's, it, it, it is, is kind of. challenge is meant to bring about things that bring you joy. Push-ups do not bring joy. Oh, well, look, it's, <laughs> I don't, look, I don't mind push-ups and, you oh, know, yeah. I don't mind the idea of spreading a, like, some sort of positive message on social media through just doing push-ups and, and stuff like that. And that's fine. Um, so, but there's one thing, but another thing was I rediscovered a, a film, uh, earlier this week that. A film. A film, yes. Sorry. So, <laughs> Liv only watches movies. 
Liv only watches movies. Um, but no, I watch you... cinema. Cinema. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Cinema. My, yes, my... <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me today. I'm just <laughs> sidetracking everything. Continue, Nick. <laughs> Mark, help me. Um, but no, so... Which, which film did you watch? I watched a film. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> uh, um, don't worry, Liv. This is, all of this is staying in. Uh, oh, so no. I, <laughs> so, please turn this into one of those podcasts where it's just three idiots laughing at each other. <laughs> Look, at the end of the year, I'm going to do a montage of our funniest moments, both in podcast and stuff. And I know the majority of it will just us be messing around, doing silly stuff. Um, but, <laughs> but the film I watched, uh, so when I was about 10 or 11, I, a film came out called uh, Kingdom of Heaven um, by Ridley Scott. Um, and... At the time when I watched it, I think it was one of those situations similar to Blade Runner where the theatrical version came out and it just wasn't very good. It wasn't like a a it, it, there was clearly a whole bunch of stuff missing from it. It was a two hour and 30 minute movie that just felt like it didn't have any sort of soul or anything like that at all. Um, but then I started to kind of hear stories about this film uh, having a director's cut released. And I thought, okay, interesting. And the reviews for the for this particular film had done a 180. It was like this is one of the this was a movie that actually should stand toe to toe with the likes of some Lord of the Rings movies or Blade Runner. Uh, not Blade Runner, um, the Gladiator. Um, this is like actually one of Ridley Scott's best films. Um, so the basic story around Kingdom of Heaven is the story of a, of a bloke called. Uh, Barlin, I think it's something like Barlin, who's played by Orlando Bloom, who basically does uh, is found about by his father, played by Liam Neeson, and they go uh, on an adventure to the Holy Land in an in an effort to uh, basically protect the king of uh, serve as a knight and protect the king of Jerusalem. Um, uh, and this is kind of during the time where Christians and Muslims are in, having a, a very tenuous a very uh, tenuous peace, and there's a couple of people on the Christian side that are looking to instigate war uh, against the Muslims. Um, and the original theatrical version just focuses on this one character, but in truth, it's this, the actual story in its complete form is, a, is much more complicated and sophisticated, and it goes beyond the context of just this single main character uh, played by Orlando Bloom. And it's... Genuinely one of the most engrossing epics that I've watched in a long time. That's it's it really feels like a genuine epic history being played out in in front of you kind of kind of story. And if anyone hasn't seen the theatrical version of this movie, it, I highly recommend. Uh, the, sorry, the the director's cut version of this movie, I highly recommend you do because it turns out that Ridley Scott's vision for this was much better than what we got in the cinema. Thanks, thanks for that, Nick. Um, I just have to uh, correct you on one thing. Um, nobody <laughs> was 11 years old when Kingdom of Heaven came out. We were all in our 20s, okay? <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so, sorry, sorry, Mark. Okay. Um, on that note, um, thank You're you. You're the only old person here. Oh, come on. <laughs> okay, we're going to take this offline. <laughs> All right, it's time to shout out to an Australian author. Liv, who are we shouting out to today? Today we are shouting out to Davina Bell. Um, 
who's previously written a lot of children's books like um, The Underwater Fancy Dress Parade, Under the Love Umbrella, and All the Ways to Be Smart. Um, she's awesome. Um, she's just released her first YA novel. Uh, it's called The End of the World is Bigger Than Love. And weirdly enough, and complete coincidence, it's about a global pandemic and two twin sisters, Summer and Winter, who live alone on a remote island and what happens when someone finds them again. Um, it's very Station Eleven-esque. I'm about 80 pages into it and I'm really enjoying it. Uh, so shout out to Davina Bell. Thank you, Liv and Nick, I guess, for joining us today. And thank you to everybody who tuned in to listen. You can listen to all of our episodes for free right now on SoundCloud and iTunes. And we'll be back at the same time tomorrow with another episode of The Daily Booktopian. Until then, keep reading and please stay safe. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces, and more. Or, if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast, and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore, at booktopia.com.au.